Before we start this episode, just want to continue to give our thoughts to everybody that has been impacted by this coronavirus. Um, you know, we hope all your friends and family and loved ones are safe. Uh, but as well as that, just want to give a continual thanks to everybody who is out there working, supporting the communities, whether it is um, frontline workers in the medical field like doctors, nurses and other healthcare professionals, whether it is teachers who are still out there teaching students, um, you know, store workers, delivery drivers, couriers, um, and apologies if I have forgot anybody, but uh, just want to say a continual thanks to everybody that is out there and serving the greater needs of the community. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, and children of all ages, welcome to episode 16 of the Fumble Recovery Fantasy Football Podcast where we'll be breaking down the ADP and identifying players that we think are being drafted too late in ADP for startups in a Superflex PPR league. Just want to clarify, this isn't a tight end premium as well, but we've been using ADP data from DLF Dynasty Football for startup leagues. And in this episode, we'll be breaking down players we think are being drafted too late. And then in the next episode in 17, We'll be looking at players that we think are going far too early. Um, so, with me, I have Chicks. Hey, hey. I have Paul. Evening. And I have Mo. Giddy up. How are you doing, gents? All good. Sun's out. Sun's out. Yeah, I can see Paul is in his garden. I think I can even hear a few birds chirping. You've got to take advantage of these rarities. <laughs> Bloody free, That's true indeed. And is it raining in Charlotte as it always does, Mo? <laughs> it was sunny all week until today. It is it's raining. raining. Today. <laughs> it is raining today, and I believe uh, you gave us the the crappy British weather here today in Charlotte. Yourself. I've seen all or nothing. It was raining the whole time when they were in Charlotte. So we're gonna we're gonna take turns. Uh, we, we we pick sequentially uh, two players each to get us to eight, and then me and Chiggs paired up to pick one player, and Mo and Paul paired up to pick one. So we'll be giving you ten players today that we think are being drafted too late based on ADP data. Uh, I just want to clarify as well: the ADP data is from DLF Dynasty website, and it's based on mock drafts that they've been running in May. Um, so first up, uh, Chiggs, which player have you identified that you think is being drafted too late? Uh, for me, the best wide receiver in the NFL, Luke Hopkins, um, coming in at 16 in the uh, ADP data. So that is him getting drafted in the mid-second round in a startup. I just uh, That's just crazy. Like, I mean... The guy's numbers, um, oh, you know, off the, I, I get, you know, he's moved teams, uh, but I don't think moving from the Texans to the Cardinals is that big a downgrade. As an example, I think I took Nuke uh, sixth overall last year in our startup. I think I traded with Mo, actually, to, to move up to get him um, in that spot. And, you know, for me, he's still a round one pick. He's, he's 27. He's 
production's been elite. You know, the I think the one down season he had was when Brock Osweiler was throwing him the ball. So you can forgive that. You know, we've talked about Kyle and Murray in previous episodes. I think his stars pointing up and building on a very good year one. Um, you know, you've given him now an elite wide receiver to throw to in potentially what is a very explosive offense. I can see Nuke finishing as a top three. They could quite easily finish first at the position. So I can't see how he's going. Wide receivers going before him. Obviously, Michael Thomas, you can make obviously a very, very good argument for him being number one wide receiver taken overall. But Devontae Adams, Tyreek Hill, and then DeAndre Hopkins coming in at number four there. Yeah, and I, I I agree. I think 16 is far too low. I think one of the big drivers just looking at this ADP is that with it being a super flex, QBs are being taken early and often. And I know Paul will have a big smile on his face when he sees that. Because he's I like, like it when they go late and I can pick them all up. <laughs> well, you one way or another, you're going to get many of them. We know that. But uh, there are five QBs going before we get to Hopkins. So you've got Mahomes and Jackson, which are the obvious ones, Kyler Murray at an average of seven. Then you've got Deshaun Watson at 11 and then Dak um, first pick of round two at 13. So I appreciate that's driving, but I do agree with you. Nuke Hopkins going uh, around the middle of the second just seems far too late. Um, So, I mean, the players that go directly before him. uh, So Nuke is at 16. You've got Nick Chubb one spot ahead at 15, Joe Mixon at 14, Dak, as I mentioned, Tyreek at 12, and then Deshaun Watson. So, Chiggs, I know Nuke was the player you outlined. Would you be taking him above all of those players, or is there anyone? Yeah, you think yeah. Is- I mean, so I think the the Tyreek Hill, and um, you know, you, you, that's probably personal preference, but for me. I guess I, I get there's a shortage of top tier running backs, but for me, you know, you're getting a top tier wide receiver here. I'll be taking him over Nick Chubb and Joe Mixon for sure. And Mixon, as good as he's been, he hasn't really, you know, put those stellar numbers up. I think you'll be drafting on potential there. Nick Chubb obviously had a very good season last year, but you still got Kareem Hunt there, so. You know, for me, Hopkins should be going higher. For me, I'll, still, I'll be taking him over Devontae Adams as well. I think I yeah. think the, the offense they're running there in Arizona it could be higher yielding for fantasy than, than what we're seeing from um, Green Bay. You know, potentially going more run heavy. They didn't add another quality wide receiver on the other side. So Adams is still going to draw like double coverage and, and the best corners. You know, is, is Aaron Rodgers declining? I don't think so, but you know, you can make a very strong argument, people can, that that's the case. No, all, all valid points. I think, I think I'd think i be taking him above Devontae Adams. I'm surprised that there's a, that big a gap. Um, and in fact, looking at sort of highs and lows, somebody drafted Nuke as low as 19, which I think is fairly drastic. Uh, Mo, what are your thoughts on Hopkins all the way down at 16? I think that's about fair or it's far too low? I, I think it's low. Um, he he is. Um, I'm I'm with Chiggs all the t- with this when when it comes to him being the number one wide receiver in the league. Uh, I think I think. But what dropped his stock this year? 
uh, compared to those other wide receivers, um, is where he just moved to a new team. So I think everyone's. I mean, I, I, I I'm, I'm, uh, I'm all. I, I believe that um, the whole air raid offense, Kingsbury, Kingsbury is going to run there with Murray. At, you know, a QB is going to work out, and I think it's going to yield a lot of points for him. But I think just uncertainty of whether you know D Hopkins is going to be the guy there. I mean, you know, he, you know, Kyle Murray has tons of people to throw to there. So that's the only uncertainty. I mean, you still have. Um, fits there. You still have uh, Kirk there on, on, on the on the outside. Um, you know you got some you know young wide receivers who drafted last year that that may you know um, come up, catapult up a little bit. Uh, but uh, I think it's really just uncertainty that dropped his stock. Uh, as for skill level, I think I think there's no question he's still he's in my book he's still the best wide receiver uh, in the league presently. Uh, but I, I can I, I can see I can ju- I can see the justification of why you would draft him lower. It's the uncertainty factor. You're not quite sure what you're going to get from him in a new system, in a, with a new quarterback, um, and our team that just has tons of offensive weapons. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I'd personally still be taking Michael Thomas, and I know it's we've discussed this before. Michael Thomas, Devonta Adams, Hopkins, all the same age, so it's not not really age splitting them. Tyreek Hill's only a year younger as well, uh, so I'd actually be taking Hopkins directly after Thomas. I think even above Zeke Elliott. Because with the recruit of C.D. Lamb, I think Zeke's going to take a bit of a hit in terms of the passing game there. I know they didn't use him as much last year as they did in previous years anyway, but I think adding a, a top talent like Lamb to replace uh, Randall Cobb is is going to hurt players who are getting more catches like Zeke. So I think I'd be taking Hopkins all the way up at six personally uh, before then I get to QBs like Murray. But of course, with Superflex, it does come down to appetite for QBs as well. So, yep, Hopkins was our first player. So, next up, Paul, who have you identified that you think is being drafted too low? I've gone for Murray Cooper here. Yep. He's going in the fourth round. Yeah, last year's performance, he was top seven um, wide receiver. The Cowboys have got one of the easiest schedules for passes. Or pass off pass defenses. Um, I think I'd rather be having him than well, I'd rather have him than um, Mike Evans. Actually, with the with, with this year with this year's um yeah they've got um Brady there, they've got Gronk come in. I think they have scored more points than um Mike Evans, and he's not been drafted anywhere near that that section of things. Um, you know he's he, there's he's he's still young. He's good in a and they've got a, they've, the the Cowboys were the most um, had the most offensive yards all year last year. They nearly had they didn't have the most of, um, passing yards, but they had the most offensive yards and they were right up there with passing yards. Yeah, it's interesting. Some... Sorry, go on. I was going to say it's interesting because we're just talking about CD Lamb, but Cooper should still be yeah. the guy. He built a relationship with Dak. And we were talking Chiggs' player was Hopkins at 16. After Hopkins, until you get to Cooper at 37, there's actually seven other receivers who get drafted. Um, Some of them I do agree with, but amongst them you've got Juju Smith-Schuster, who may be on his way out of uh, Pitt after this year. Definitely would have um, Amari Amari Cooper above Juju. Yeah, I'd I'd have him above Juju. Uh, DJ Moore, I don't think I'd want DJ Moore over... Cooper, as much as I don't like Cooper, uh, I do. 
Evans is a debatable one, whether Brady's going to target him much. Uh, you've got OBJ, I which I think is... They can have more... But Brady has a, tends to have a more balanced offense, right? He does, but he still... I think they said this week it's going to be the Aryan system with a yeah. hint of Brady or something along those lines. But it's seeing, it's seeing AJ Brown and Julio as well. I was a little bit surprised. And uh, Chiggs, what are your thoughts on Cooper going first pick up the fourth round? Yeah, see, I, I agree. I think that's way too late. Um, the, the mock draft we did um, uh, a few few weeks ago, um, I think I took Amari Cooper at the back end of the second round. I mean, I completely agree. For me, he should be going above Juju. Um, I think he should be going above OBJ, above DJ Moore. Julio obviously gets pushed down because of his age, but, you know, Amari Cooper's delivered uh, great numbers. And as you say, he's got that rapport with Dak. Yeah, I mean, getting him at the top of the fourth, that's um, that's a great pickup if you can get that. I know, I know you've said they've added CD Lamb, and you know, but if anything, that, that could help. You know, taking away some of the coverage from him as well. He's still going to be the main guy there while CD Land gets up to speed. And I guess maybe the argument is that Cooper could be done in a couple of years in in Dallas. You know, they I think they've got an option to get out get out from that contract after a few years, quite quite reasonably. But you know, if we always talk about looking at a sort of a, a three year horizon, I think Amari Cooper is still going to be a, a top twelve, top ten wide receiver the next few years yeah and uh, he's he's still young he's 25 he came into the league fairly young um as well so it's got worth bearing in mind mo any thoughts on cooper where he is uh yeah and i'm i think i'm with you guys on i think general consensus he should be drafted above those other individuals um i think one risk you do run uh with amari cooper is um dak prescott uh what if he doesn't sign with dallas cowboys um, that would be the only um, risk I, I see having him, or, and the Cooper curse that you apparently always have every year. Um, well, you know, with your track record of drafting him and um, never showing up on your team, but that's about it. Yeah, I, I've been burned too many times. So, <laughs> but even me, I wouldn't have him as that far. If I'm, you know, at pick twelve and I've got him first pick of the fourth, then um, yeah, I'd, I'd probably be taking him <laughs> that that late myself. Uh, so Mo, then, uh, who have you gone for as your first player that you wanted to that you think is being drafted too late? Um, I, I went ahead and uh, changed positions here to uh, the tight ends. Um, uh, I think what stood out to me is uh, Jones Smith uh, going fourteenth uh, round uh, of these drafts. Um, I, I could see I could see the placements. I just I just couldn't like, what I couldn't what I couldn't believe is some of the tight ends being drafted above him. Um, so this is, I guess this is the thing. So if you've got to be careful, right? This is a this isn't a tight end premium league. They've been doing the ADP for, right? Correct. Which, which, so yeah, I, I can understand the rankings of the of where he went 14th round. I mean, in a tight end premium, he would probably go a little sooner. But what I what, what again, what didn't sit with me were the, what were the tight ends that were drafted prior to him. Yeah. Um. So that that's that's the part that kind of stood out to me. Um. So just kind of going through the list here. Um. I believe so. Right above him uh, was. You know, here a couple of the couple of tight ends drafted right before him. Was, one was Blake Jarvin, 
Uh, then you have Hurst in Atlanta. You got Desecki in Miami. You got Higby with the Rams. Uh, you got your uh, um, Hawkinson with uh, Detroit, and you got Gronk uh, at Tampa Bay. And even I'm going to throw in Cooper and Godert there, uh, which though, I believe Gronk, uh, Godert, and Hooper uh, were both drafted in the 11th round. I mean, I could make an argument for um, Jonu Smith going above those guys. I mean, uh, Godert's got he's there is there is already an elite tight end in front of him. Um, Hooper, uh, you know, just just there's so many weapons there in Cleveland. You still have Joku there. Gronk, I mean, he's aging. He might just be a one-year lease uh, in a dynasty league. I, I, you know, I never trust uh, anyone that's only going, you know, that's only going to play in the league for a year or two. Um, Hawkinson, he's still an unproven commodity. Um, I, I could see him being drafted before John Johnu, but Higby, I mean, you got Everett there. Uh, Higby's also 27. I, I I think I just like the upside of Jonu Smith. Um, being 24, this is going to be the first time where he's going to be the starter in Tennessee. Uh, granted, you know, the offense isn't ideal where they run the ball quite a bit, but they don't really have any offensive weapons to throw to besides A.J. Brown. And I, and I, and I, you know, I strongly believe this year Jonu Smith is going to be a big factor in, in the passing game. And uh, I, I personally would be drafting him, you know, in front of Gronk for sure. Um, you know, he's only, what, 24? He's 24. Um, his third year, uh, third fourth year in the league. Um, I mean, tight ends take a couple of years to develop. Um, I'm, I mean, I, w- I would be drafting him, you know, significantly before. I mean, for sure before Gronk or uh, Gronk, Higby, Hurst, um, and Jarvin for sure. Completely agree. Uh, I think even though this isn't a tight end premium, one thing you've got to bear in mind. I think we've probably all had this in our redraft leagues, for example is finding a good tight end is difficult. So there's definitely a position scarcity there. And in most leagues, you need to play at least one tight end. And Johnny Smith, I think 14th round, is for me, is far too late. There's a lot of players I'm seeing. Even the players directly before him, um, you've got Tevin Coleman, Jalen Hurts, Adrian Peterson, Okay, Curtis Samuel, uh, you did mention Jarwin, and then we've got John Brown. So you've got a mix of some fairly old players in Peterson and John Brown, and then backups in Jalen Hurts, possibly Tevin Coleman. Um, so just the players directly above him. I'm surprised to see Johnny going below all of them. Um, Paul, what are your thoughts on Johnny Smith going this late? Um, I find it hard when it's someone this late actually yeah yeah they're, they're, they always feel like a little bit of a flyer either way whatever you do but you know I'd, I'd rather be having if you're looking around here to be honest I'd rather be having someone like Sammy Watkins in the same sort of area as long as it's not tight in premium yeah and just the PPR given that offense yeah. uh, see where you're yeah, coming yeah. from you're not worried know. that Watkins might retire he was threatening this year, wasn't he? <laughs> yeah, he was. Yeah, but he's, he's, uh, I don't think he will this year. Cool. I, um, I, I could probably not draft him because otherwise I'll de- he'll definitely retire. <laughs> I do like a retired Wait, player. And a you did pick him up team. as part of a trade, didn't you, though? Uh, with I think, I picked, I think I've, I've, got, like, I've got Gronk on one of my teams. Yes, you do. <laughs> you never never, never let everyone it... laughed at me. <laughs> yeah, Sammy Watkins was part of the... Uh, Marquise Brown and um, Hayden Hurst trade, right? So that's right, yeah. So, Chig's thoughts on Johnny Smith going where he is? 
Yeah, I, I agree with you guys on that. I, I really like Johnny Smith's upside. I actually really love that group of tight ends. You know, if you're not going to get one of those top two, top three guys, you know, Kittle, uh, Kelsey, Mark Andrews, let's say, that for me is that real sweet spot for tight end. Um, I actually think I own Johnny Smith. Um, uh, Ian Thomas is another guy I really like his upside. Um, there's Noah Fant. I think he's probably going a bit higher, to be honest. Uh, Mike yeah. Gesicki's the guy for me that I think you know is prime for a breakout. So if I can get pick up, you know, a few shares of these kind of guys. Yeah, that, that, that's for me, those those kind of guys that could be breaking into that, you know, almost having like an Austin Hooper-esque kind of season. Mm. Yeah, no, uh, I'm with you. I think we're all in agreement on those so far. Uh, so I'll go next then. The first player I've identified that I think is going too late is Tyler Lockett. He's going at 81, so towards the back end of the seventh round. Um, my, my view is, I think, Tyler Lockett is still going to be Russell Wilson's favorite target. I know there's a lot of hype around DK Metcalf because he is a physical freak. He had a couple of decent games in the playoffs, not in the fantasy playoffs. I know there's a few people who were let down by his <laughs> uh, goose egg in the fantasy championship. But end of the day, uh, I still think to get him in the seventh round is ridiculously low, considering he's only 27, so he's in the prime years. I think he is Russell Wilson's favorite target. And I appreciate that is a run-first team there. But just looking at some of the receivers that are going above him, I mean, Michael Gallup, one spot above. He, you know, not sure what's going to happen with Gallup, uh, with the C.D. Lamb going there. Terry McLaurin, okay, uh, he was very good for a first-year receiver. I'd still take Lockett above him. Robert Woods, he's actually older than Lockett, and... Not sure if he's going to be uh, Jared Goff's favorite target there. So I'd definitely be taking Lockett above Robert Woods. We've then got likes of Melvin Gordon, um, Jalen Rager. Uh, okay, I know he's young, uh, but Jalen Rager, Justin Jefferson, all going above Lockett. I think I'd rather have the proven talent in the proven scheme with Lockett here. So, yeah, that was the player I've um, I've called out first. So we'll start Where's, with... Uh... Where's DK Metcalf going in relation to Tyler Lockett? DK Metcalf is going 44. Fourth round. Yeah. Fourth round. So he's See, going yeah. very, very high. See, for I mean, me, out of those two, I, I, I prefer DK Metcalf. I, I think he's, you know, he's, his upside is phenomenal. But the value differential there, taking DK in the fourth and Tyler Lockett in the seventh, I'll be taking uh, Lockett in the seventh. Just, just, just between the two, the value. Yeah, uh, I mean, I definitely agree there. I think I'd have a tough decision if they were both, <coughs> both available at the same spot. I personally think I still slightly prefer Lockett just because really? he's got that proven route running. Um, I know he's not a big physical presence like DK Metcalf, but he still gets his touchdowns. He's um, you know very good route runner, very elusive finds pockets and just from what I've seen with that relationship with Wilson, I think I prefer Lockett over DK. Um, and part of that might be because I was burned by DK in the fantasy final 
luckily I did win that league still. But um, yeah, just I think DK offers wow. you how high upside. Manage... What's oh, that? Oh, sorry. Wow, well, how did you manage to drop that in? <laughs> oh, was well, it against true. Paul? No, it wasn't. It was against one of our uh, previous guests, Jeffries. But end of the day, while it didn't harm me, it probably did harm a lot of players. And I think it just shows what can happen with DK, that there's potentially yeah, you, games where it gets in. Yeah, but you get that with a lot of players, right? Like, I mean, Amari Cooper's dropped, like, zeros. Aaron Jones was dropping, like, games of, like, two, three points last year, right? And yet, it's those big games that, that win, you, win you stuff, right? So... I think the upside of a guy like DK Metcalf, you say the physical tools, you know, that was the big sort of hype around him coming into the league, but, oh, he can't run routes and stuff. He had a very, very good first season. And don't forget, it normally takes wide receivers three years to really sort of break out. Russell Wilson likes him, you know, the coaching staff like him. I can see DK Metcalf's upside being a top five wide receiver in the league. I can't see... Tyler Lockett ever breaking into a top five wide receiver in the league. And that's why I'd be taking for the upside DK Metcalf. Now, obviously, the value differential is, is something, but if they're at the same spot yeah. for me, DK all, all day long, and you're getting five years of youth as well. And that's fair. I suspect I may be in the minority here, but uh, I, I still think he's going far, far too low, uh, considering some of the receivers who are going uh, above him there, considering I think he is still going to be Considering it's his PPR as well, he's going to get more catches uh, on average. He's going to get more receptions than uh, DK, in my opinion. Uh, well, Mo, before we move on, any thoughts on Tyler Lockett? Going uh, I, as... I think um, I'm, not same, same, I'm, I'm on the same page. I think, I mean, uh, DK by far is, is, has a higher upside, but I'm just looking at just the pure spot of Tyler Lockett going in the seventh round, going after some of these rookie wide receivers coming out this year that's that's that that can't be I, I you have to you have to draft you have to draft Lockett at least a round or two prior to where he's being drafted at the moment mm. so if you're talking about terms of value right so i think we've talked about this before but if you're looking at those those rookie wide receivers the um yeah jefferson Raygar and um jefferson Raygar are two that are above him presently and judy yeah. Yeah, so you're kind of picking up these guys in a, in a rookie draft at the back end of the first, start of the second round, right? So call it late first, early second. Would you give up like the one one twelve to get Tyler Lockett? Um, I think I would. Oh well, me personally, yes. One twelve. Yeah, I, I think could, that's yeah. after the tear break. If, uh, if you're like I in a win, if. Yeah, if you're if you're in a win now mode, I, I believe so because you have a fifty fifty chance of these receivers not not even you know plan, you know becoming what they are or becoming like great wide receivers. They're question marks uh, at the I, moment. I think they're lower than fifty fifty. I think it's like you know three to one chance in general if you, yeah. if you go back and look at it. I, I could see that, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I think I think just just being an unproven commodity, I would go for the sure commodity. That's why sometimes it's kind of difficult to to kind of rank like giving up. Tyler Rock in the last, you know, in the late first round. I mean, yeah, there's a higher upside on this side, but if if I have a team that's that's able to compete, I'm going lock it no matter what. See, see, I think you've hit the nail on the head there, right? If you've got the one twelve, you're you're more than likely a team that's going for the ship again. You just won, and you're going for it again. So I'd rather have Tyler lock it there. If you're the two hundred one, then I probably would be getting the draft in the youth just because I'm hoping to hit that, you know, 
as I say, I don't see Tyler Lockett ever being a top five wide receiver. Maybe Jalen Ray, I mean, maybe probably isn't going to be a top five, especially not this year, but you're drafting for that upside. So I think it is, you know, dependent on where you where you see your team. But I think I think the value feels about right. I mean, I I, I would say you should be going above those those rookies for sure. Mm. Uh, Terry, Terry McLaurin, Michael Gallup, I think, yeah, you, all those guys. Ty Lockett should be should be going higher. Yeah, uh, and you're not going to get disagreement from me. It was my player. <laughs> yeah. So next up then, fifth player, uh, background to Paul. Paul, who have you identified? Um, Aaron Rodgers, but this is oh, more... Oh, a QB. No, a surprise. I do like a QB. But actually, it's um, I could have easily gone um, Matt Ryan here or um, uh, Jared Goff I'm less keen on. But in general, I think that this section of quarterbacks should all be moved up. It's not a particular Aaron Rodgers thing. I understand why he's um, a, a little bit of concern here. But um, I feel they all should be a little bit higher in a TQB league. I mean, I, I I think it's criminal that Rogers' ADP is fifty-seven. Um, so back end of the fifth, close to the sixth round. Just just seeing some of the players who are there: Todd Gurley, DJ Chark, Jerry Judy, yeah. Daniel Jones, Calvin Ridley. Well, I kind of do know why it's going Daniel Jones, but I don't. I don't still. I still wouldn't take Daniel Jones over Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, absolutely. No, Even when Aaron Rodgers retires, I won't take him after. <laughs> I agree. And I know Rodgers is old and you know the, the offense is changing its DNA slightly, but he's still capable of high-end performance. It's, it's the team, yeah. that I feel, that's kind of letting him down. And in the Superflex to get Rodgers this late? Cause imagine Rodgers is your old, first he's QB. Mid, he's mid-30s. This is it. It's so overblown. Like the whole age thing in Aaron Rodgers, right? He's, they say he's 36 and he's not a, a rushing quarterback, right? He's he's mobile and his, his greatest ability is to run, you know, um, throw on the move. That's not going to diminish, you know, anytime soon. As you say, it's, it's massively overblown, this whole Aaron Rodgers decline and the fact they've taken Jordan Love and he's on his way out, like, if anything, it's probably going to be a good thing for Rogers to get out of there and actually go to a team that appreciates him. Yeah, like yeah. Brady's just got a team with good receivers. Wouldn't yeah. that be something if Brady retires and Aaron Rodgers is going to come? I was thinking the same thing. Oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Well, as a Chris Godwin owner, I won't be complaining, that's for sure. I'm an Aaron Rodgers owner, right? And that's the thing. I mean, I mean, I know Paul loves quarterbacks, but I can see why Jared Goff and Matt Ryan would be going here. But there's no way Aaron Rodgers should be this low. You think Matt Ryan? Yeah, I, I think generally the fourth to fifth round feels about right for me. Um, you know, for, for Matt Ryan, Jared Goff, you know that. Um, see, Matt Ryan's younger. He threw more yards last year. Last year, he had more um, completions. Okay, he had more attempts as well. But he he, he had better stats all round than um, Aaron Rodgers. And yeah, you know, he's he's got a little bit of age on him. I, you know, I I I I would still take Aaron Rodgers first. 
but I just think they both should be shoved up a bit. Yeah. And I say not not so keen on a Jared Goff. Jared Goff, good, sorry. See, I, I see. I love the value of Jared Goff here, right? It's yeah, he's, he's getting people are down on him after last season, and but you don't forget. Is I think, there value I think, in him? Is there value in him here when you can well, get Aaron Rodgers or Matt Ryan? Oh, absolutely right. This, this is the weird thing. I'm, this is why I'm so surprised that Rodgers and Ryan, and, and you're, you're, you're right about Ryan, but I'm so surprised they're going here with Jared Goff. For me, what I've seen up to now has been that either Goff's going a bit later, so you're getting Goff in the sixth, seventh round, or, you know, Rodgers and Ryan are a bit higher, you know, in the sort of third, yeah. early fourth, right? Which is why, if I can start my draft with picking those. Um, wide receivers and running backs loaded up there and then I end up with Aaron Rodgers in the fifth as my starting quarterback and then I can pick up another guy you know, later like a Sam Darnold or a Drew Locke later on to pair with him I'd rather be doing that than taking Deshaun Watson or Kyler Murray in the first and missing out on that elite you know, wide receiver running back kind of talent Yeah Completely agreed um, so I think we're all in agreement on Rogers. As much as there may be a perception is on the decline, to see him going this late is <laughs> is crazy. Uh, we're going to mix it up slightly, uh, and next up, Mo, we'll go with you next. Who's the second player you've identified? Um, stuck with wide receiver here. Um, going with uh, Devontae Parker. Uh, he's he's basically uh, what is it? Uh, eighth round. Um. Uh, bottom of the eighth round again. I think it's a, he's in a similar situation like Tyler Lockett. I, 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 I mean, he's the number one wide receiver in Miami at the moment. You have Tua there. Uh, he's, uh, you know, you got Fitzmagic, which loved, you know, I think they built some really good chemistry towards the end of the season last year. Uh, you don't really have anyone else challenging that position except for, you know, Preston Williams, who's coming back from an ACL tear. So he's going to have some time spent offseason rehabbing. Um, so I think training camp, right out of training camp, he's going to be probably fits his and Tua's favorite target. And, you know, same age as Tyler Rocket. Uh, he, I would probably still draft Tyler Rocket before Devonta Adam, uh, Devonta Parker, but you know, eighth round, I mean, you still, I mean, people are drafting again, you got those rookie wide receivers. I would take Parker over any of those rookie wide receivers mentioned earlier. Um, I believe you have receivers such as again, Gallup, you know, Woods, Scary Terry, uh, I, I may even yeah, may, I, I would probably draft Parker above those two. Just out of I think I think Miami's going to be oh they're going to be throwing the ball. They have they don't really have solid running back core back there. They're going to be behind in games, and I, I mean I think he's he's going to have solid production uh, for the next couple of years. He, what about um, Henry? Your boy Henry Ruggs? Would you take him over him? Uh, I, I'm I'm pretty bullish on Henry Ruggs though. Uh, I, th- I think Henry Ruggs just landed a, just a very favorable situation where he will be the number one wide receiver uh, coming out, uh, you know, on that team. Uh, I, I'm, I think I'm the wrong person to ask on that. I probably would take Parker over Ruggs, but uh, um, I mean, I think an in, a, a normal individual would, you know, doesn't have a, a hard on for Ruggs uh, would probably take Parker over Ruggs. But uh, I'm, 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 I think I'm, I'm also going to rank Ruggs being drafted eighth round, end of the eighth round, end of the. Uh, eighth round also being too late for, in my opinion. Oh, he's probably mid eighth round, I believe. So just so the listeners don't think we're going to be in agreement on absolutely everything, <laughs> I actually 
think this is about fair for Devontae Parker. We discussed on the last episode that the AFC East has some of the best defenses in the league, and I think Jets are going to ramp up that side of the ball as well. Patriots we know about and uh, the Bills we know about. But also looking at the receivers that are going, just receivers going ahead of him, it's kind of hard to argue. So for, directly before him, well, receiver-wise, only a few picks above is Jarvis. Uh, I'm a big Jarvis fan. Uh, I don't think it's close between... In fact, I think Jarvis could have easily made this list for somebody who's getting drafted too low. Henry Ruggs, uh, I'd, I'd take Ruggs above Parker myself. Um, there's a player I'm going to touch on later, so I won't mention him just yet. Tyler Boyd, okay, I can understand. He's he's never going to be the alpha, so I can understand Parker over Boyd. Um, Tyler Lockett, who we've touched on. McLaurin Woods. I know it, it kind of feels about right, maybe slightly too low, but there are players going after him who I'd kind of probably want over Parker, I think, as well. Uh, who would so, you take? Who, which wide receiver would you take that's drafted after him? I, I, I didn't really see many. Even Nikhil Harry. Just wide receiver. Possibly Nikhil Harry. I'm looking here at Hunter Henry, who I think I'd take above Parker, and that comes down to position scarcity. I'd probably want Kareem Hunt over Devontae Parker as well. Um, Kareem Hunt could have a huge opportunity next year if he leaves the Browns uh, as well. Gardner Minshew as a starting QB. I think I'd probably want Minshew over Parker personally. But I'm not saying it's too high or too low. It just feels about right to me. But that's my opinion. I don't know, yeah, Paul, what are fair. your thoughts on on Parker going bottom of the eighth round? Um, uh, relatively indifferent, in all honesty. Um, he wasn't one that stood out to me. I was surprised that he was picked. But he, that, I think there are, there, are, there are others that I think I'd have picked ahead of him for being... Um, being uh, undervalued or good value, but yeah, yeah, you know, around me. Yeah, chicks. Um, see, for me, if I'm torn on this because I think if Devonta Parker is sitting there for me in the eighth round, I'm still not sure I'm taking him there. You know, he hasn't done enough up till now. Okay, he's had a very good season last year, but I would still be very nervous about taking him there based on that you know I'm not, I'm not sure whether it was it was a one-off or it's not and, and they, faith in it. yeah i mean it was a fifth it's taken taken him five years to finally show something you know he's, he's 27 i said I, I, I could be wrong for passing on him there but it's kind of my problem i've had him a few times before i didn't get i didn't draft him last year at all but i've drafted him in the past and always felt let down and i, I just kind of almost wouldn't avoid for no good reason, if you know what I mean. Uh, I will just outline, he's one of these players, he probably joins like a fairly big club of, of players who are let down by Adam Gase, I feel, and stagnated under Adam Gase in that offense. Uh, <laughs> That's exactly what I was going to mention. That and the poor QB he had there. He's got the Gase effect. But you say poor QB, but he's another QB who's just got paid. You know, Tannenhill has left. He performed well once he got out of the shackles of Adam Gase and he got paid $30 million a season or something this year, right? So um... I, I've always seen him more as a game manager, though. Never like... I mean, I think Tua, Tua was an upgrade and Fitzmagic just likes throwing the ball. How, let's, let's, let's make a fab bet on this. I mean, um, uh, 
Right now, what is he going? 35, 35 overall wide receiver? Yeah, but, but this is the thing, right? Like you say, you, you can quite easily see him. You know, what, what did he finish his last year? Wasn't he like the one of the uh, wide, top five wide receiver last year, no? Uh, not top five. He was up there, though. I mean, he was, he was up there, right? I've got wide receiver stats here. He's like, 11, 11. Yeah, 11. 11 so he right, was yeah. a wide receiver one, right, last year. And so that's <laughs> what I mean. Like, you, you, could, you could see it happening. He's, he's got the profile for it. I'm just very nervous around him, you know, reverting back to his usual you know, Production wide three wide receiver four sort of numbers. You know, he's one of those kind of guys that could have a big year and then just fall off again. I one thing one thing I do worry is that he will be facing. I think uh, um, uh, Amir touched on this. The the probably like uh, probably the hardest schedule as to uh, defending yeah. uh, secondary. I mean, yeah. he, he that that's one thing where I, I could see him kind of slide back a little bit. I was going to say if anyone wants a fab bet on being a top thirty five, hit me oh, up. Yeah. <laughs> this, I think I, it's right. It feels about right. Um, don't forget, you've got Preston Williams coming back as well from injury. Yeah. He showed, you know, really good stuff when uh, when he was healthy last year. So, yeah. Is Devontae uh, Parker, could he finish? He is, he, he is going to be a 50-50 wide receiver, I think. I yeah, think. exactly. I think okay. it comes down to your, your sort of preference and um, risk appetite there, I think. You know, for me, I'd, be, I'd rather be taking someone a little bit safer in that range. That's just a personal preference, though, so. Okay, so, Tiggs, you're next up then, seventh player. Who have you outlined you think is being drafted too low? Well, so, I mean, talking about guys, literally, you know, I think are a bit safer. And, you know, for me, this guy should be up there with, with Devontae Parker, and I'll be taking him over him, would be Brandon Cooks. Um, guys performed very well wherever he's been. I know he's been on a number of teams, but again, every time different quarterback throw into him, puts up good numbers. He's now the main guy in Houston, so is Deshaun Watson throwing to him. Okay, he's got the you know the concussion history and obviously in injury risk, and that's probably why he's bounced around so many teams. But he's still 26, I think it is. Um, he's consistently finished as a wide receiver two. I think he's touched wide receiver one numbers. I think last year was obviously a down year. But for me, the, the, I think he's a much safer pick than Devontae Parker. He probably doesn't give you the same upside now, but I think his floor's a lot, lot safer. Hey, you can't forget this is a player that two teams have given up first to take off other teams. You know, when he went from... Saints to the Patriots and then Patriots to the Rams. So teams have given up first in the past. And last year was a down year. But before that, every season, he'd had at least a 1,000 receiving yards. So I'm I'm in complete agreement uh, with this. I, I have Cooks in a few leagues. And yes, it hurt last year seeing just how poor he was and how little he contributed. But that said, he's got a chance to take over that DeAndre Hopkins role with that comes a lot of targets in a system that's fairly creative Deshaun Watson's very mobile and elusive quarterback so to get someone like Cooks all the way in the 10th uh, I, I feel that's late I mean I'd probably be targeting Cooks in around 
back end of seven, eight, uh, depending on my roster composition at the time, of course. But I'm not usually a draft wide receivers early kind of guy. So Cooks is the kind of player I'd be taking where I, me normally I go for, you know, three receivers on the trot, say, round eight, nine, ten. And Cooks is the kind of player I'd be targeting in one of those rounds. Uh, Paul, what are your thoughts on Cooks going middle of round ten? I'm quite excited to see him in Houston, actually. Um, I've I've always liked him. Uh, he was disappointed in last year, but I don't. I can't see him getting there in any any leagues we're in, where any leagues I'm in. When you when you see who's in front of him, I there's well, I would be taking him earlier too. I'm afraid. Sorry, to, sorry to agree. <laughs> no, I think you know we've all tried. We've all picked players that generally scream out. There are a few debatable ones. Uh, would, so, you, would you rather have would you rather have him or guys? Oh, Brandon Cooks, without a doubt. Yeah. Yeah. I mean has Geis even Geis, played five games? Yeah. No, and Geis is going nearly well, you know, in, in two rounds ahead of him effectively. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, just, just he's just in two rounds just two rounds ahead of him. You go. That's a bit of a stretch for my liking. Yeah, even even some of the players just above, like Marlon Mack, Carry On. I think that I mean I love the talent of Carry On, but again, you know what's his opportunity going to look like? Uh, Darius Geis, as you mentioned, Mark Ingram could be on his way out of Baltimore after this season. What does the future hold for him? Uh, so yeah. I agree. Players like Raheem Mostert, you just don't know what's going to happen in San Fran, and who's going to be the man. So no, I agree. Harry is in front of him, right? He yeah, is, but he should, he, in theory, he should be the alpha dog now at the. Yeah, but he was, he was injured for over half of last year, wasn't he? Oh, he I'm was. He, no, he was, and then he, he you was know, in, took he was a beginning, beginning, right? Came back. I think with Harry, people are just banking on the talent. He was drafted as a first round receiver last year. Yeah. So. You, you know, and he had proven pedigree from college as well, of course. But uh, I agree. I, th- I think Cooks down here uh, in the middle of the tenth does just seem too low, and I-, I wouldn't let him go beyond probably round nine at the latest, depending on what else I've drafted in my teams. I'm going to carry on that trend of receivers. Actually, seems like a lot of receivers are going later than thought they should, uh, and I'm going to call out Adam Thielen, who's ADP is at 86, so early part of round eight. I know we've touched on receivers a lot, and there's a few we've discussed and where they stand. I think with Adam Thielen is, regardless of the scheme at play and who the offensive coordinator is, he seems to be Kirk Cousins' favorite target. Now, I know he's had a couple of years of niggling injuries, and he is on the older side, but... I think I've mentioned this before. When I look, when I'm drafting for dynasty, I do generally try and look at a three-year window. And he's if I can even, get not even thirty, he's not even thirty. I think you're going to get three good years out of him. Stefan yeah. Diggs has left, and you know it's a big jump for Justin Jefferson just to take the reins from Diggs. I mean, Diggs was still a thousand-yard receiver. Um, it's easy to forget. So I think with Adam Thielen now being the guy, as we all know, one of one of the better route runners in the game uh, and he bloomed late because of his route running you know 
was kind of a no name for many years, but proven himself. I think he's very good at beating coverage. Uh, even though you'll get sometimes two to three players on him, he seems to find a way. So, yeah, my thoughts are th- this one just screamed out at me, thinking that he's going far too late personally. Um, him and Lockett are both in that similar range. I think they'd both go above likes of Michael Gallup, David Montgomery, Terry McLaurin, Robert Woods, Keyshawn Vaughn. Uh, I'd be having Thielen above any of those. Melvin Gordon, again. So that that that's my take. But Chiggs, what are your thoughts on Thielen at 86? I think it's a, it's a touch too low, but it, it feels for me in the right sort of range. Where he is, you know, him and Tyler Lockett, I feel should be should be close together. Um, you know, the the issue for me with Adam Thielen's injury, you know, very good route runner, but you know, is he starting to show that sort of sign of breaking down a bit? You know, as he as he gets older, um, they're not a high volume passing team, so I get he is Kirk Cousins' favorite target, but it's, can he stay on the field and? Yeah, they, I don't think they throw the ball enough for him to be. I, w- I wouldn't be like please, but I wouldn't be waiting on on wide receiver, you know, running zero wide receiver strategy and hoping that, say, Tyler Lock and Adam Thielen are my like my two wide receivers. Mm. I'd I'd like to grab a, one of the guys earlier on maybe, and then if I'm picking up Thielen here, then it feels about right. I'd rather have him over Lockett, personally. Tough one for me. I think I slightly favour Lockett, but agreed. He's got high-level competition in Metcalf than arguably Thielen has with Jefferson. I feel like we should have a little fab bit here. Go on. What are you thinking? Oh, just uh, more points over the season. Thielen and Lockett? Yeah. Uh, so I'm taking Lockett. You're taking Thielen. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, I'll get around this action. I'll get on this action. I'll feel as well. Is it this is outright? None, none of those. Oh, he has to play 14 games in, in a dome wearing purple cleats. <laughs> hey, 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 it's white, it's white cleats, sir. <laughs> Sounds good. 50 fab bet. Let's say minimum 12 games. They both have to play. Oh. Yeah, go on then. Yeah, okay, cool. Mo, you um, can add that to the ledger. Uh, am I, I can, can I get can, well. can I get yeah, a piece of this action? You're taking what, Thielen? I'm taking Thielen as well. Cool. 50 each then. All right, 50 each. Done. Sounds good. I mean, they're both very close and they are for me as well, but uh, getting even money. Okay, so then next player was a joint decision from me and Chiggs. Uh, Chiggs, I'll let you announce who it is here. Um, So tight ends. And it's um, Dallas Goddard in Philadelphia. So um, if you look at the uh, other tight ends that are going before, so this this is in round 11. And again, obviously it's skewed for the um, fact it's not a tight end premium league. But he's going behind Darren Waller, Noah Fantz, Hunter Henry, that's what I think the three tight ends that go before him. And he just he goes just ahead of Austin Hooper. And then you get to the Rob Gronkowski, TJ Hawkinson, yeah, kind of what we, what we hit on before. 
Yeah, and, uh, and the reason for me, God, it feels low. I mean, I've mentioned position scarcity a few times, but the thing to remember is Philly don't really have a established wide receiver who's proven there because they're healthy. I mean, I know Alshon and Djax will both be there because of the cap hit for of releasing them. But we saw last year and the year before, the offense does quite often run through the tight end. And not only that, last year, Goddard and Ertz were both able to put up high numbers. So if you had either on a tight end premium league, you would have probably done fairly well. And I know I was in a couple of leagues where some managers started both Goddard and Ertz. Very risky strategy. I don't like it personally, but it did pay dividends sometimes. And you'd think Goddard, being only 25, will be the incumbent to Ertz. <laughs> I can't see the coaching changing really Doug Peterson seems fairly established and I'm looking at players who are going before Goddard I mean some of the rookies like LaVisca Chenault, Brandon Ayuk, Marlon Mack just seem far too high there uh, so for me I think Goddard in the 11th just seems too late I mean even in a non-tight end premium I like to get a tight end early enough if, if I can't get one of the top three then I'm looking at the players who are in this range and I think all of these tight ends seem to be going a little too low uh, even the likes of Ronald Jones going above him just seems too high Sony Michelle carries a lot of risk and injury concern so I think Goddard for me was just one player that screamed out as being too late here Mo what are your thoughts on Goddard where he is too low too high about right I see. I'm going to disagree with you. I think he's too high in this in this ranking. Um, just on a pure again, uh, since this ranking is actually skewed, it's not really a tight end premium. I'm just basing it off of the tight ends above him and being drafted above him or after him. Um, I, I like. Uh, I think like you mentioned, I I, I I would take Henry Waller and Fant over him, and Ingram. Um, and the tight ends being drafted below him, I would take Hawkinson. Um, Jonu Smith, even Gusecki above Goddard again, just because uh, like he is not he's not the starter right there. I I I, I do agree with how you know both him and Ertz found ways to put fantasy numbers last year, but again that's I think that's a skewed point there based off of um uh, uh you know their wide receivers all being injured. Uh, I think once they come back, there'll be more weapons to throw to. I think the ball will be dispersed more. And other times when Goddard's done well is when Ertz has been injured. Now, if you're banking on Ertz to be injured, then yeah, sure. I mean, I think I think I think he, I think God is like probably the probably the the best uh, backup tight end in the league. Uh, but uh, most of his production was 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 uh, was due to either injuries at uh, uh, Ertz getting injured or injuries at the wide receiver position. And I I still I mean him being the just I mean if he was the pure one tight end in 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 you know in the the Eagles franchise there, then sure. Yes, he's probably going where he should go, but he's not. And Ertz still is under contract through 2021, if I'm not mistaken. Um, and uh, I believe Goddard's, I think Goddard's probably around, uh, I'm not quite sure when he signed his extension. But uh, his his contract is, well, I, mean, I think he might be still his rookie contract. He's on his rookie um, contract, yeah. So, and they'll take the fifth-year option, you'd imagine, on him as well. No, but see, he's a second-year second rookie, so there is no fifth-year option. He's a, oh, sorry, he's a second round uh, draft pick. Oh, of course, yeah, they yeah. traded above Dallas, didn't they? Yeah, so, uh, him and Gasicki both got taken in the second round in that class, right? Mm. Correct. 
So I, I would say his contract's up at the same time uh, Ertz's. So we'll see moving forward from that point. Goddard maybe uh, may pay out, you know, may pay dividends in the long run, but in the short interim, I mean, the next this year, next year, I mean, you're basically hoping that Ertz or the wide receiving core uh, get injured or don't develop uh, chemistry with uh, Wentz. Uh, so I mean, I'm 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 kind of I think personally he's being drafted way too early, uh, in my opinion, just because I think there's more, you know. Uh, more tight ends after him that are secured in that position and secured in, you know, you know, getting uh, targets. Paul, any thoughts on Dallas Goddard? Not really. Not really. I don't like him. I don't particularly like him, actually. I don't like... Um, I don't like What's he ever done to you? <laughs> <laughs> well, not, not help me win any... Uh, not help me win any leagues, that's for sure. See, you must hate every player out there, then. Pretty much. <laughs> I'm not a massive fan. Hate has got to hate. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not a big fan of. Um, uh, well, I find it. I always find it tricky. But yeah, second second string quarterback. Uh, sorry, tight ends. Second string quarterbacks. I have them obviously. <laughs> but um, <laughs> Matt and many first string tight quarterbacks in your case as well. Yeah. And quite a few retired quarterbacks as well. Okay, well, that's interesting. Uh, I think I'm maybe higher on Goddard than others but uh I, I just like the role that he has there we'll round up then to the 10th player uh mo and paul who have you gone for here over to you mo oh uh good old hollywood brown um okay. he's he's one of uh he's let's see he's being drafted uh ninth uh ninth round uh the 105 pick overall um he's uh 40th running uh 40th wide receiver being drafted off the boards um, I, I, I mean, I think again, if you look at some of these rookies that are being drafted above him, Higgins, Pittman, Mims, that's right above him. Um, he's 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 much better than them. He, I, I think I, I think he still has the upside. He is the he is the number one wide receiver there in Baltimore. Granted, he's going to have some competition uh, coming, you know, with the draft pick, and I'm I'm also high on uh, Boykin there. But uh, he's he's still going to be the number one wide receiver in a high-powered offense. Uh, granted, the, you know you, you know a lot of that's going to be created on the ground, and you have Andrews at tight end. But you know, I I just anytime you have a number one wide receiver, you should not be drafting rookies above a number one wide receiver, in my opinion, unless he's aging. And you know, this is a second year in the league. Um, as you know, as everyone mentioned earlier, you know, it takes about three years for a wide receiver to really develop. Um, I mean, I, I I would take him over any rookie out there at the moment. Yeah, I like second-year wide receivers in general, and I've managed to get get. Who did I trade with, Amir or Shiggs? One of you. Oh, Shiggs. Shiggs part of the is part of the trade there with uh, you yeah. giving up Hurst in a second. Yeah, so Shiggs jamming into having on the basis he's a number one wide receiver. So now I feel I need to back him and go. Yeah, he's going to be good. <laughs> Talk my See, I, I like the talent a lot, but for me, it's it, it's he's such a boom bust player, and I'd only be taking Hollywood here if I've got amazing receivers already. See, if I've gone heavy and wide receivers in the first, it would be eight rounds. Say I've got, you know, Cahulio and uh, Michael Thomas and, dare I say, someone Cahulio like Amari Cooper. Well, that's feasible. Round one, round two. Um, and then, you know, like Amari Cooper or, or somebody else, uh, just another top receiver. Then I'd be willing to take a chance on Brown, knowing I've got, should be consistent production from the other guys and he could be the game changer on a given week but round nine is also still when you're building your starting lineup 
and would I feel comfortable putting him in my lineup every week? I'm just not so sure. And I think there's players who are below who I'd probably feel more comfortable with, like a Mike Williams, for example, like even a, um, who was I thinking? Oh, like Nikhil Harry, perhaps, just because they pass a little bit more. But that said, it depends on who I've got so far and where I take Hollywood Brown. What about yourself, Chicks? Yeah, see, I'm. I think he's probably too high on on this list. Um, obviously, I took Marquise Brown in the startup last year, and then end up trading him to Paul as a safer, essentially um, a mid second, and, and Hayden Hurst. And I think we're valuing Hayden Hurst as a probably a, a third, a third round pick. Um, so you know, I'm saying with that sort of mid second, I can pick up a. Uh, a Brian Edwards, um, a Denzel Mims, you know, something like that. Um, I'm, I'm banking on that rookie upside. For me, I like Marquise Brown, but he is too boom bust. And he showed, and this was my worry with him last year, he couldn't stay healthy. You know, he came into the into the league with, I think he had a, a list rank in, injury. So he'd had surgery. Um, he's very undersized. Um as a player so you know i think he is prone to more injury and he can, you know i think his first game i think he scored two or three touchdowns put up 30 odd points so you're thinking yeah the upside is there and i think having a touch on it for the rest of the season i was nervous about starting him and the only reason i was starting him was because the rest of my team was so bad that i didn't have anyone else to play in those spots so you know if you, if you think below him you've got um we sort of touched upon brandon cook's Mike, there's Mike Williams, Darius Slayton, um, even like Sterling Shepard, even to a certain degree. And obviously, I think his upside's higher. But yeah, I'm just I'm a little bit nervous on on um, Hollywood there. So I, I think he's going a little bit too high. Yeah, I, w- I would be. I, I think here I would be taking. Yeah, he, the, this position. I understand. Like you're looking for starters, but I mean, if, if you're if you're drafting him, you're drafting him from the upside. And I mean, I, again, like that's why any of these rookies would go around this time, uh, around this area, because you know you're looking for their upside. And um, I, I I do agree with you there. Where like yeah, I would, I would be taking Cooks probably above him. I, I mean, I think again, I think we all touched that and Nikhil Harry being a little too high, but. Man, I, I I really like Brown's upside on on. Uh, I think last year, like you said, was derailed his progression as a wide receiver was derailed because of his injuries. You do you do have a, that concern of him being injury prone, but if he's not, I mean, he's he's got some serious upside. You guys, you did you guys see that little? Uh, he had a little Twitter thing where he, you know that little ball machine. He shot the ball down his driveway. He, you know he shot it and he ran fast enough to get, get catched on the other end. Grandio's angle at maybe like a forty five degree angle uh but that's, that's pretty impressive see the, the thing with him is right he's, he still played 14 games last season so it wasn't a case of his his stats were hampered by the fact that he was out for you know he's he missed eight games he still played in 14 but i think the issue is he's always nicked up right he's he's um he's not playing at 100 percent fitness and that and that's the worry you know you still get you still get his games but he's not going to because if if he's injured, at least you can then start someone else in his place. You know he's out in any given week. You just start someone else. But if he goes into a game, you know, 
questionable game time decision or you know and then he gets injured in the first quarter and you know that that's that's the problem with a with a guy like Holly Brown and you know his his route running is amazing and and his speed is is frightening you know he's got pedigrees um talent wise you know obviously related to um, Antonio Brown so yeah, I think I I think I interpret all those points you made as a positive. It's like, well, this guy did this much, or he showed flashes of stardom while being injured and having no training camp. I was like, well, you know, you, you again, he has to stay healthy. But if he did all this not at a hundred percent, and you know, he never had the time to develop because training camp, I think, is one of the most important things for a rookie, uh, any rookie player. And if you look at all these players that miss training camp. Uh, and I mean, they, they suffer significantly just, I mean, that's, that's where you go to build your rapport game time, you know, during the, during the season, you're, you know, every team's prepping for the next game and you just don't have time to develop that player. And that's where training camp is, is huge. And this guy sat out of all training camp last year. So that's where I feel like, all right, if, if you get this right, and that's same thing, I think the same thing applies to Nikhil Harry for me. Um, if, if, you know, he, he was out all last year with training camp, I mean, you know, you can, you try to try to stick him in during the season, but that's just not going to work. It's totally different mentality during training camp and season uh, and during the season when you're prepping for a specific game. Um, and, uh, you know, I think both those two players might have some super upside, you know, again, to stay healthy, they go through training camp, they learn the system. I think, I think they can, they can, they can be pretty good this year. See, I'll definitely be taking Nikhil Harry over him there. And, you know, if you, in this, in this um, ADP list, you know, Marquise Brown's going I think four or five spots above Nikhil Harry. Yeah, I mean, yeah. if you think of what was happening in rookie drafts last year, Nicole Harry was going as the 101 stroke 102, you know, in, in non-superflex leagues. There's Josh Jacobs and then Nicole Harry, the, the kind of two standout guys. Um, and Marquise Brown was going probably early to mid-second, anywhere in that sort of range. So... You know, I don't think the value change has been that significant where Marquise Brown should be going ahead of Harry now based on based on their But then, yeah, but then by that token, then Brown's had the injury concerns yeah, as well, right? Yeah. So you say they've both got injury concerns. They're both, um, okay, arguably, obviously, Brown's got the, the, the better quarterback, but you know, passing-wise, it's still it's still arguable whether uh, Lamar Jackson is a better sort of thrower of the ball than Stidham. Yeah, and how long Stidham role will be as well. Yeah. So you think you you reckon Mo he could be a top thirty in PPR this year? Then um, I'm going to say top forty for sure. <laughs> um, I'll keep on. Come on, Mo, step up. Uh, I, I, it's it's still I mean okay he's he's being he's being drafted let's just, let's go based on this he's being drafted as the 40th wide receiver off the board um, we've we've already mentioned like you know people like T Y Hilton um, I mean he's the number one in India at the moment you got Cooks Mike Williams I think there are Will Fuller even may have a better year than Marquise Brown like we're just talking about the year itself um, I'll give you 35 how about top 35 okay interesting. Uh, well, let, let, let's see how he does. So, uh, okay, it was an interesting chat there. Um, good debate and discussion. Uh, next episode, we will be breaking down players we think are going far too early. Um, and we'll try not to repeat any of the players we've had Marquise here. So, we'll, 
<laughs> Beat me to it there. Uh, but no, uh, please reach out to us on our email, which is fumble, fumble recovery pod at gmail.com and follow us on social media. Uh, but for now, it's me signing out, Chigs. See you, folks. Paul. Good night, chaps. And Mo. Giddy up.